Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson coming to you a little after midnight on Thursday morning, November 18th. Coming to you following a kind of maddening loss to the Phoenix Suns by our Dallas Mavericks 105 to 98. Uh, if you missed Josh Bow and I's recap pod, you need to check your feed. We had a, um, I don't know, about 12 minutes. And for as spicy as I like to get, I was just kind of eh. I mean, you play a game without Luka Doncic, you shoot 50% from three, and the Suns did not shoot very well right up until they did. Uh, that was kind of the ball game for me. Uh, I know they played three games in four nights, and the Suns are frankly just a more talented roster, and they out-talented the Mavs starting at about seven minutes left in the fourth where they just started getting to the rim kind of at will. Thing I've seen from people about refs and this, that, and the other, and like I get it, sort of. But you know, the the last three minutes of that ball game were about as 2018-19 as I felt that they could be. Like just really, oh no, who's going to do what? It was just mistakes, little things. Um, nobody really shot the ball very well. Go look at the box score. The Mavericks shot 35% or 36% from two point range. Like they. You know, they blew some wide open layups. Porzingis missed a couple of bunnies. Willie Colley Stein, uh, soon to be the first Maverick in space, if any of us have anything to say about it, uh, blew a wide open layup. Like, there was just a lot of stuff where you look at this game and say, these guys could have played better. They could have played worse. Um, I'm hoping it's not foreboding for Friday, is kind of where my head is, because the, the Suns, you know, the Suns are good. They've won 10 games in a row. I don't think the Mavericks have won 10 games in a row since like 2006, 2007. I can't even remember the last time the the the, the Mavericks were on a double-digit win streak. So it is what it is. Um, all right, so here's the deal. If you if it didn't prompt you to update your app, it may. So if we run into audio issues when I bring folks up, um, we'll try again. When it uh, instamutes you when you come up on stage. Do remember that. And as always, um, I'm going to try to bring up folks I haven't seen in here first, and then we will make our way through. Um we won't stick around too long tonight. I don't think we have kind of a lighter room tonight. I don't really blame people for not wanting to, uh, to, to hang out after this game. Normally I'm kind of like fired up, but really that just, you play a game without Luca and you know, you roll the dice. We'll see where things go. Okay. Wow. Got a lot of people already. Um, Brett, how you doing buddy? Hey. Um, so a couple things. One, what you said about Willie Colley Stein. Um, I mean, like, obviously at this point, like, He's not made a single good play all year. Like he like missed a like a which I mean he should have dunked it, but like that's every play he misses. <laughs> like, at, like like at least once a game he gets the ball right at the rim and then tries to like lay it up like he's a guard and instead of like the incredibly athletic like seven footer he is. And so like I just I that just baffles me. Um, but but it, I mean at this point I mean obviously it's like on kid for playing him and on him for like playing like that, but also like. The front office has to like take that option away from kid, and like get rid of him. Well, like I mean, it's funny we're starting out with Willie Colley Stein talk, but really he was a negative eight in nine minutes yeah, in a he, game that was he, decided he, by eight points. So <laughs> when he exited the game for the last time and like the Suns had cut back into the lead, I was like, to me it felt like his minutes had like actively cost them the game. I mean, I like, I, like my head plays the Price Is Right fail noise when he goes in. I just like will be. And because, like, like I'm very aware of, like, that basically for his entire time on the Mavs, that they've always, like, looked good with him on the floor, like, statistically. But, like, that did, A, that did not happen tonight. But also, like, that's not, it's it has nothing to do with him. Like, right. I, like I don't think it does. No, like, it's, obviously you does. take away the option. Carl had the same problem. He just kept going back yeah. to the same stuff. And it's like, all right, all right. I know that Brown might be a mess, too, but it, it or, or, if or, it can be worse, I want to see the okay, worst. Like, Play, play the door, play the Dorian at the five lineups instead. Good mm-hmm. lord, like try something else. Um, like which we didn't see those lineups at all today. But um, but the, the other thing, I mean, and also, uh, so the the Mavs shot um, six of fifteen inside the restricted area, and that's just like <laughs> incredibly bad. They shot eight of twenty-two in the paint. Oh, yeah. Eight. Of, okay, but but the but the bad, but those numbers, that's luck. Like those those kind of numbers are more on the luck side of like. You will normally not shoot below 50% at the rim. Um, but the bad number is the 23 shots attempted from long two. That's incredibly bad. You can't do that. 
like eight of twenty three from there. And the eight isn't the problem. The twenty three is the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and there are like for for all I think KP shouldn't like do those bad post ups and stuff. Like they tried to post up on bridges like sixteen times in a row uh, to close the game, and like not one of which was successful. <laughs> uh, and, and, to some, and to some extent, that that's that's his fault because like. He shouldn't try to take those shots, but also like they shouldn't run an offense in which like he should ever be in that position. Like they get like as I think I don't know if it was you or Josh tweeted like they, they like they get like a wide open shot every time they run pick and pop with him. Yeah, that was great. They were th- like like Brunson, who I thought was a little. It's hard to be crit- critical of Brunson because I think he he is he's played really well, but like. Brunson missed KP a lot tonight, and yeah. then I think KP kind of got fed up with it and was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna call for the ball." And I, I kind of get it, but Brunson was, it's just like KP breaks defenses uh, uh, game planning because he just hangs out out there from the three, and so that they went away from it late was a little confusing to me. Um, it, I, I suppose maybe it shouldn't be. What I'm more interested in, I'm gonna be, I, I need to watch the tape again. I'm gonna be interested to see if like that final post up that he tried, if that was him freelancing the way Zach Lowe and other people have called out, or oh, if, called. or if it was called. Because if it was called, that's bad coaching. Yeah. If well, it was KP freelancing, someone show him the tape and be yeah. like, come on, like, man. Like, you're getting pushed off your spot by a guy six inches shorter than you. Like, yeah. You gotta know. You gotta Ooh. realize that that's not a, you. Like that, you don't have the advantage, even though you're taller. Well, um, and, and I gotta get this point in because I just needed to say it. Like, like our, our man Harp, who I know he takes some heat, and I like I like listening to Harp. I've listened to other teams lately, but like Harp saying that's a mismatch. Like, stop saying things that aren't true, friend. It's not like it's not a mismatch. Like Bridges is arguably like, the he's like the fourth best player in that draft class. Dude's yeah. awesome. Well, well, it's it's like what happens when like teams will play like I don't know the Celtics and 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 like a big will get on Smart and like the announcer will say like well he has like a mismatch on Smart no that's not like there are certain players who play really good post right. defense despite being other sides right. and like and like and those teams want you to try that try to yes. exploit that. yeah like that is why they put him on there is to bait you into trying to do that um and the the final thing is the game was largely lost on. Like the two worst possessions of defense I've ever seen. Oh man, well, why did they run a zone? Where it's okay, just like okay, the, you're, you're well, testing first, God at that point. Well, the, the first the and this, this happened like a game or two ago. I think I like if I'm right, there was a possession or two of like this same just incredibly terrible looking zone. Um, and like I don't in general like the principle of like playing zone first possession out of a timeout to throw the team out out of whatever has been called. I don't like hate that in theory. Um, but. A, you have to have like practiced that, and they clearly they hadn't. Like they've seemingly never not practiced his own, or at least not whatever they were trying to do there. Yeah, they don't um, have the they don't have the personnel have or the personnel. communication to do that. Like KP is pretty good about talking, but it's just every time there's a wide open guy on the far side, it's like how does that happen three times in a row? We, well, yeah, and them going back to it like the next two possessions as well. Like after you already like gave up a wide open corner yeah. three. And then proceed to give up another one. Like, I mean that. I mean I. Like that's that's just kind of thing to me that's just like indefensible. Like because I just don't understand like what. Like I just I just don't understand what the coaching staff sees that makes them like go back to it or something. I mean they've gotten away with it. Josh and I talked about this where it's like the Suns very easily could have that game in the first quarter alone. I counted seven open Suns misses. And, and I was, you know, and I, I was, I could be off. There was like a lot of shots tonight that the sun, and, you know, sometimes it just goes that way. Like, I think where, where I find myself frustrated and, and I should probably move on to, to multiple people. Cause we got a lot of folks waiting, but where I find myself frustrated is like, I want, I wanted to see them steal this one. Like I didn't have expectations for a win. I don't really have expectations of Luca's Luca list wins against, you know, top two teams in the, in, in the Western conference, you know, and they, they had it and then they didn't. That's all. Yeah, I mean, like overall, like you like to see them not, you know, just get blown out or whatever in a game like this. But that's right, that's right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks. All right, man. Uh, let's see, you're coming up next. We got who do we have? Jim. Hi, Jim. What's up? Kirk, how are you doing? 
Okay. It's late. Makes me feel like I'm back on the East Coast where I'm just up. But, you know. I, I feel that. I've seen your tweets where you've just been like, really? A 9? Or, well, in your case, it's a 10 p.m. start. Well, I'm a moron. I run a website with 25 people. You think I could get someone to write it, and I volunteer for this stuff like a dumb. Right. Actually, I forgot. You moved. Yeah, I'm Dallas, here. So you're, it's a 9, or 9 p.m. start, so it's still kind of crappy, but who cares? Anyway, uh, my point is, or uh, what I was going to say is, is that the game completely changed in the fourth quarter. And as soon as Monty Williams was interviewed and he's like, hey, we need to slow down the offense, Suns-wise. We need to, like, just make sure everything is just slow down pace-wise. Uh, I feel like the game was over at that point because Cam Johnson, after that interview happened on screen, hit a three-pointer. And what happened after that? The Suns' offense looked like they did during the finals in the playoffs run last year. The pacing completely slowed down, and they were going back to hitting their normal shots that they did. They played at a slower pace, and I felt like that's what really, truly won them the game. And no matter what the Mavs' defense could have done, I feel like, obviously, we all know the Suns' offense is going to be more powerful than the Mavs' offense without Luka. But as soon as that fourth quarter happened and Monty is like, we need to slow this down, I feel like that's when things changed. Sure. I mean, they really started in – this was the first loss where I felt like the Mavericks were holding on for dear life and it just they, – they weren't able to run the clock out. Like when they beat the Spurs in a couple of these close games, I never – they're close, but I never – I never felt like this, the Mavericks weren't in control of those games. Whereas in that fourth quarter, starting around the nine-minute mark, there were just a few plays where it was like, oh, yeah, this is the team that got to the NBA Finals. These guys are good. Right. And so it was right. like, oh, crap, are we going to be able to, to make it out of here alive? Well, I feel like – I don't know how you feel about this. Like the normal starting – or the normal closing lineup – that kid is kind of assembled with Bullock, KP, Brunson, Hardaway, and normally Luca. Like if that lineup was out there, I feel like we could have closed this game out. Obviously, Luca's a great closer, uh, but just offensively, like uh, I feel like we're more powerful closing minutes wise. But man, it, it was just kind of rough with Jalen running the offense in the last part of the game, and KP. Oh, I'm especially Bullock with that layup, that reverse yeah, that layup bad. he was trying to do. That was bad. That was really bad. Like, uh, like what were the Mavericks really going to do after that? That yeah, was kind yeah. of the sinker. That, that was, was the nail. Like, yeah. the, the, the Porzingis post-up made me yell, and the Brunson, or, and then the Bullock-blown layup made me, like, hang my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would assume you're good at hangmen, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for joining us, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's always good to get this stuff off my chest. Good. Glad you, glad you feel better. That's the point. Talk soon. <laughs> Talk. Okay, coming up next, we're just going to go in order because it's all my uh, all you wonderful folks who have been in here before. Matt, what do you got, man? Uh, the first thing, uh, I'm the king of the ref haters. The refs didn't hurt the Mavs tonight. They were bad, but they were equally like, yeah, bad. It, was, we uh, three, like, it felt like three yards in a cloud of dust kind of stuff. Like They allowed all sorts of contact on both sides. It was like, yeah, like there was one play I was mad on the bullet play, but also like the one where Chris Paul fouled him on the breakaway, but Dwight Powell had just fouled the crap out of uh, Bridges on the play before. <laughs> yeah, so. I remember that I mean, one. It's kind of hard to be mad. Um, and you know I have no problem whining about the No, issues. we have to tell next, you to stop. Yeah, uh, the next one, uh, Willie Collison's terrible. He He's just got to go. I mean, he had one rebound, no points, no assist, uh, no steals, no blocks, and one turnover, Like, and was just terrible. Like, it's that's really all there is to it. And going along with that, um, that's why Dwight Powell gets minutes. Like Dwight Powell has problems there. He has limitations, but he plays really, really hard. He is one of the few Mavericks that is in really, really good shape. And I mean, he had 13 rebounds tonight. Like he battled DeAndre Ayton has an immense talent advantage on him. And that guy played his butt off trying to compete with Ayton. It didn't really, yeah. 
I mean, the like strength, the strength mismatch is is wild. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and I, he really did play hard. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's all you can ask of that, guys. I mean, like that's that's the thing that I think it comes back to is just going back and forth. You look at it, it's like the coaches see that, and I mean, like it effort will get you minutes. Like coaches always love guys that play hard, and that's universal to just about every sport and just about every level. And then what y'all were talking about earlier with KP. He's got to get better at understanding what a mismatch is. I don't have a I don't have a problem with him posting mismatches. He's just got to understand who they are. And to the guy earlier, I think it was Brent or Brett said that you know there are certain guys that are not really mismatches, but will convince you they are. Jason Kidd was the ultimate example of that mm. as a player. He should understand this. There has never been a better post defensive guard than Jason Kidd. Like, legitimately, that guy was absolutely elite at doing that. He was Marcus Smart defensively before Marcus Smart. Like he. I, uh, I have an idea for for a website that you write for. You should consider yeah. writing something short about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that probably is. But it's, I mean, that is, it's just, it's wild to me. And with Mikael Bridges also, with his arms, he's not even that much undersized. Because his his wingspan's like seven three or some ridiculous yeah, number guy. like that. Yeah, no. It was, yeah, it was and not- it's. But yeah, really, that's all I've got. And I mean, it's not. I mean, there's just not a lot to this. They just have more talent than we do, and they beat us. That that's pretty much the end of it. All right. Thanks for joining, man. Also, uh, check out Matt's. Uh, Matt did the the stats to know post tonight. That'll be going up in Mavs Moneyball probably within the hour. So check that out. Um, coming up next, Sam. How are we doing tonight, Sam? What's going on, Kurt? I'm okay. I'm okay. Not, you know, normally I, you guys hear me after some losses. I'm just kind of, eh. Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, like, it would have been nice to get this one, but obviously I, I'm going to be quick because I'm not, I mean, I'm disappointed about the loss, but I'm not upset. You know, we kind of expected to lose a couple of these. So I'm not too upset, but okay. I give Dwight Powell a lot of shit and it's well deserved, but man. <laughs> Willie Colleystein, he needs to be sent to the gulag, the shadow realm. He needs to go. This dude is ridiculous. I've never seen a guy set some of the he set some of the laziest picks. You know what like they should he, do? They should send him to the legend. I don't think they can do that, but I want just anything, please. Like he sets the laziest pick. It's not even a pick. It's like he just has his body in the way, and then he just kind of lazily rolls and does nothing. He just stands there, and then it's it's uh it's that. That's what pissed me off about the game tonight more than anything. He only played what eight minutes, and those eight minutes were horrible. Like the, uh, I I don't have nothing else to say, Kurt. I'm I'm sorry, I don't have nothing else to say. It's just it's, I feel it. Thanks for hanging out, Sam. Have a good night. All right, coming up next, we got Elias. What's happening? Hey, can you hear? Can you sound good? What's up? Uh, sorry, my English is not the best. I'm from Argentina. I, I think uh, you sound good. My English sucks too. What do you got? Well, uh, I have a question for you, more long term, maybe for, for the off season. Uh, what would you do with, with Branson? Because if he's going to get paid like 17 million and you have 17 million on Hardaway and 35 in KP, like that's all the money the Mavs would have. So how would you improve the team? If you don't have any money and no assets. So because they're already over the salary cap for next year, them signing him becomes a, a basically a how much does Mark Cuban want to eat? Uh, I personally think you, you have to retain him no matter the cost, just because if you let him go due to that, you can't replace him. It is the only way you would rather sign him and then have him as a potential asset to move than let him go. Now, way down the line, you know, it's going to, his season is going to be very interesting. I think tonight was like an interesting bellwether game for Brunson because you saw, you know, he's 18, nine on 18 shots, um, a little labored, but also you saw a lot of the good and a little bit of the why he might not necessarily be quite as amazing as everyone tends to think. Like he's very valuable with what Dallas expects of him. Um, and I'm wondering 
where he will fall in the what he wants because the Mavericks can't pay him more money than another team due to, you know, kind of the, the contract that he came in on. Um, so it's going to be about what he wants. I'm going to be very, very curious because I suspect the Mavericks will be willing to pay him whatever that, that final number is. And I think you just live with it because, you know, you got Luca next year at however much he's going to be making 40 or something, 40 million or so KP at 30, uh, Tim Hardaway at 17 or 18. And like, that's, that's, uh, you know, most of your cap Powell at another 11 and it's, you're over it. It's fine. It is what it is. I, I think the thing for us, um, now that the Mavericks are at this point, you, you, you don't, we probably shouldn't be thinking about how expensive it is. One of the greatest tricks that owners and, and media through owners have, have managed to do is get us to give a shit about how much it costs these the owners. Like there was that strange article about Alex Caruso and how the Lakers thought that how much it would, how much that the salary tax would impact them would influence, like it would be something that would influence him to stay. It was like a really weird thing. I was like, no, of course not. This man was, you know, he needs to make his money while he can. And so I think we should all kind of expect that the Mavericks are going to pay through the nose for Brunson and be okay with that because then he becomes, you know, a a bit of an asset to move. Like right now he makes 1.5 million. You can't do anything with that. Like he's, it's not enough money to move. Does that make sense? Yes. My thing with Branson is like he's a good player. Like he dominates teams like the Spurs. But when he has to play against these bigger teams, we saw it today with Bridges or with the Clippers. Like you can send a bigger player, and he struggles with that. And yeah. That's why. Like if I, I would trade him, like maybe I don't know if with an extension. Or maybe if I can get rid of KP, like if a team is, thinks KP is playing well, like I'm done for trading because 35 million, like Mavs are not going to be able to do anything in any of season with, with that uh, cap space that KP is, KP is taking. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen me talk about Porzingis and that sort of thing. I don't know. <sighs> I don't want to project anything into the future for KP because number one, it feels like sort of bad luck. Um, number two, projecting so like there's not really it's look it's it's a this is a green room we've already been talking for a half hour I'm just gonna say something I've been thinking for a while talking about how Porzingis is gonna finish the season is kind of insane because he has managed to finish a basketball season precisely one time and that was last year and I think we can argue to a degree he didn't really finish last season he was just sort of on the team so I don't I don't want to put and crush him because it's not his fault it's his body's but. With the various things the Mavs might be able to do, I do think it is at least safe to assume that the team that we watch tonight is not going to be the team that we see on the floor after the trade deadline. I, I think they do something. I, they can't have the same team forever, you know? It's something, but at the end, then they bring Bullock and Brown, and they are like, well, like, you are two worst players. Like, I don't trust them. <laughs> yep. At all to do anything like that. I feel that entirely. Well, thank you for joining us again. Uh, you got anything else for us? No, no problem. All right. Thank you for taking my call. Hope you come back. All right. Coming up next, we have Brandon. Hey, Brandon, you've been waiting. What's up? Can you hear me? I can. You sound good. Oh, I'm so I am so pissed after this game. What? I'm, I'm just kind of so tired. Human. Why? Get into it. So. Uh, and I mean, I, it's nothing against every, like I get, okay, Luke is out, you know, no expectations. Had they been blown out, I would have been fine. Like little miffed, whatever. But the wasted opportunity this was to steal a game. This is the exact same thing that we did last year against the Milwaukee Bucks, roughly around the time that our entire team was out with COVID. We should have won that game lost it, and then lost a million other games. It probably won't obviously be that long, but I don't think Luke is coming back on this uh, road trip. Easy chance we go 0-4 on it. We end up at, I think that would put us at 9-8, and and, I mean, we lost any progress that we made you know, beforehand. Yeah, but this sort, of, this sort of depends on who you thought these guys were. Like, my boy... Matt Moore, who occasionally pops in on this, got crushed by Mavs fans the other day because he he referred to Pythagorean win expectation, which is basically what, you know, your point differential talks over the course of of the season. Your point differential 
gives a pretty good expectation of how many games you should win or lose. It's really popular in football where you see like a team that, you know, finishes not like seven and 10, whereas they scored a ton of points and they lost just some close games. Like they lost like five close games by less than a field goal or something like that. And their Pythagorean win expectation said they should have been 10 and seven instead. That's one of the things he was talking about. He was getting yelled at by everybody about that. And what just what happens over the course of the year is more often than not, most teams show you who they are. The 2006, 2007 Mavericks are like a really great example of a team that sort of break that model because they did not have a great point differential. And yet at one point in the season, they won 52 out of 56 games. Like they just won tons of close games because Dirk was just godly in clutch time. And this will happen over the course of the year where I sort of have thought that the Mavericks are realistically like a 45 and 37 win team over an 82 game stretch. That's probably good enough for the playoffs. Um, if we're talking about them being like a 55 win game, they're going to have to make some changes because I just, I don't see it over the course of the year. Lots of people get pissy about this sort of stuff. It's like, Oh, we were nine and four. Well, you know, we beat that. Like we've still only beaten one team with a winning record. So I don't really know what to tell people with that. It's, it's, you know, I think that'll, they'll come around, but if they finish this road trip and they go to play the Cavs, who will be missing Evan Mobley and they're nine and eight. I'm okay with that. I really might be like, this is, it's a long process. I'm just tired of seven and eight seed, six seed, whatever. I mean, I had obviously, again, point differential, like you said, is very important. We're not a very good team. And I I had much higher expectations. Kid has smashed all of that into the dirt with all of our one foot inside the three-point line long twos, all of our – I mean, the zone defense tonight was awful. I mean – Phoenix, I get they were cold as hell, but uh, Phoenix is a good three-point shooting team. Why give them the opportunity to shoot wide, un, wide open, uncontested threes? So I, I just have much higher expectations. I'm ready to ship ship half this team. I, I've been ready to ship off half this team. Uh, obviously, first starting with Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, this is on Nico Harrison at this point. I mean, obviously not leading into the season, but it's his job to clean this up get this team some new tools to work with because every time luke is out everything falls to crap and we i mean the freaking clippers won four games in the playoffs without Kawhi. milwaukee won two games to get to the finals without Giannis. like that should be our goals here and we are struggling i mean at every basic level without luca so well that's just why I'm frustrated. I mean, you said you said a few like to kind of start your 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 point there that you, you we're not a very good team. I will say we're not a top three team in the West. I still think this team is good enough to make the playoffs. And I think if you if you get X amount, you know, it's very frustrating that the Mavericks lose Luca right as Luke and KP start to have some chemistry. That's kind of been the story of this whole partnership. They look good for like two to three games, then bad things happen. It's really frustrating. Um, I understand. I get it. Uh, but but I, I think they'll be OK over the long haul. These next several days might not be great. But but, you know, uh, I sort of think Luca comes back tomorrow um, or Friday at this point, whatever day it is. So we'll see. I mean, hey, if he if he comes back Friday and everything's fine, then, you know, I'll eat some crow on that. I just I'm not expecting him back at all. I'm expecting them to be super cautious on everything. Maybe he gets yeah. a game against the Clippers, but um, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just fed up. I guess this is just a multi-year thing. I, I have higher expectations than making the playoffs. Um, I'm tired of Atlanta Hawks fans and all these other fans like taunting about you know sure. when when a playoff series first time in a decade. Like I just want to make the second or third round at least, and instead of shooting for well, can we avoid the play-in and uh, maybe push somebody to seven games? So, Well, I get it, man. I don't know. That's... Hopefully Luca's back sooner rather than later. Okay. Well, getting, getting out some frustrations is what this is for, so thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. All right. Coming up next, got a few more folks. Josh, what's up, buddy? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, uh, it's going good. Um. 
How about you? Yeah, you know, making it through. We'll see. Uh, we're, we're, we're approaching one in the morning and I will be ready to go to bed. By- oh yeah, you're right. I didn't realize That's that. All right. Um, That's all right. I thought you were supposed to be the grumpy. I one. am, but it's like <laughs> my, my, my goal for the, like I'd sort of set the expectation of don't get murdered and the Mavericks didn't get murdered and instead sort of embarrassed themselves in a way that felt like the mistakes they made in the final three minutes felt like the mistakes they could have made all game long. Yeah, but I think that this kind of like spin, you know, I I, I don't know. Brandon seems like a nice guy, but that spin uh, seems a little bit excessive to me. It just looked like they hung in there for the game. Um uh, actually, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought they hung in there. They played with grit. They were answering and answering and answering. And it just looked like in the fourth quarter, um, they ran out of, like, steam, but also ran out of kind of like, uh, you know, the kind of disposition and moxie. And the team that just was in the NBA Finals um, just kind of exerted their their experience, will, and talent. I, I don't think it was like some travesty, and I don't think it's like a way to project forward. If you were to project forward from this loss, actually, I thought it was really positive um, yeah. for, for this road trip. No, and, and, and I, I, I absolutely understand that point of view. I think where I kind of, and, and I, I sort of started off where you were, and then as I wrote the recap, there, there's games over the course of the NBA season where it's going to be like a, a, a coin flip. Um, things just happen in the final few minutes where it's like, all right, you can't really deal with that. The way the Mavericks lost this game where they had control for like a significant chunk of it. I mean, I thought they played really well for a significant chunk of the game despite how things weren't working out for them. And then things went just badly enough for just long enough to go, ugh. And, and, and I think that's sort of where Brandon was coming from. I think that's where a lot of, of, of people uh, who, who are watching the game might feel because if this team's going to make it in the playoffs, and granted, we, we talked earlier about how they're probably going to switch some things up at some point, you just want to see, like, you want them to bank another win. And they didn't, and you know, then they're probably looking at three more tough, tough games before they play Cleveland, who is a tough out, and then Washington, who is somehow the number one team in the East. And it's just like you don't want to be looking down the barrel of a gun like this. So it's like to get a win to start a tough road trip, I think would have been nice. And instead, what will what will likely happen is the Mavericks are going to be in. You know, if if they go two and four over these six games, I think everybody should be pretty pleased. It really depends on whether Luca plays or not. But I don't know. It's it's, it's like we've watched a lot of these, these this team's games, the Mavericks. I mean, and I still don't have a good grasp for who they are. And and that at a certain point is starting to get odd. It's not bad because every game is is fun and it, or at least extremely different. Like, I don't think I've seen them play the same game twice, even when the games were ugly, you know? I mean, I mean, I think it's actually kind of a little bit fascinating after being, you know, in kind of the Carlisle zone, you know, which was great, except for when you're with coaching one team for 13 years. I mean, it's a long time. Uh, one, you know, just the voice wears out. And to be honest, I mean, I think that, it's fun. I mean, Frank Nilakina again tonight. I mean, he, there was a lot to take from this game that I thought was positive. And uh, I agree with you. Two and four would be just fine. And that's why I wouldn't, you know, I would I would say, hey, there's no reason to overreact and be really sure. you know, uh, sad about this. Because, man, I mean, they, they showed some fight in Phoenix uh, granted, the one thing that I would say is Phoenix wasn't really shooting the ball yes. well. Uh, yes. But, you know, they turned it on in the fourth, and I and it really looked like Porzingis ran out of steam. Kid kind of was flailing. And don't get me wrong, I yelled at my TV, too, uh, with whatever that zone was because it was terrible. And, of course, Jake Crowder always loves to torch us. So, um, And I understand why. 
So, but anyway, um, uh, and you know, we do it again Friday. Yeah, I, I agree with Brandon. Probably Luca probably won't play, even though that would be great if he did. I know he wants to, and we'll see what happens on Friday. And thanks again. Sure thanks. Glad awesome. you joined us. Okay. Who we got here? A couple more folks. Tyler, what's going on, buddy? <clears throat> hey, Kirk. Thank you. Sure thing. Uh, I'm all right. Uh, a little bit frustrated with this as well. Uh, for a different reason than the earlier guy. Um, so I, I was actually pretty proud of how our team, how our players played, minus uh, Willie Cauley-Stein and Bullock and Sterling Brown. Um, you know, every, everyone's bashing Willie. He really does play like he's high off his ass. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I've never seen a player just go out there and not try like that. Um, and it's been like all year, but anyway, um, I, I feel like we, like this, the reason I'm frustrated is because we shot the ball from three really well and they didn't. And this was one of those games we could steal. And to me, kid blew this. Um, like why did Chris Tapps not come in until like four something in the fourth quarter? Um, Ooh. Because Good question. It, he might have been was, out of gas. He looked. I mean, he only. I mean, he ended up with 32 minutes. Um, but from like seven something or six, about six or seven minutes to four when he came in, we were getting killed on the inside. Uh, we desperately needed Chris Apps, and I think he played really good tonight. And he was affecting uh, their shots inside and, and doing a decent job on eight when he was on him. Um, we were just getting, we were starting to get killed and we throw him in. And instead of just doing what we were doing on defense, we went to this like two different zones at once. Um, it was just like baffling to see. It was the worst zone. I mean, it, it looked like there was like some sort of miscommunication. Like we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, <laughs> not and not it was just like really one. It was like repeated miscommunication. Yeah. Uh, it looked like. Yeah, we were running two different zones at once, and we had no idea what we were doing. Um, I mean, I, not having KP in there for – I mean, you put him in there two or three minutes before you did and just not do that zone. And then, you know, I think we got a shot. And then, you know, did we run a single play for anybody in the last four minutes or five minutes? Um it kind of looked like the first few games well, of the season bullock, where after, that bullock blown that bullock blown layup was a was a killer. That was a that was like that and the the I think that was a play because they had like really done pretty well out of timeouts and out of stoppages and play for most of the game, and then that was just that was not. Yeah, I, I guess we did have a good inbounds play where um, we got like a alley oop type lay in, um, but still, it, like the last part of it just looked like. Kind of the first few game, you know, handful of games of the season where it just looked like we were out there trying to figure it out. And had, really had no direction of what we were doing. Uh, yeah, that's where that's where the something. Luca. Yeah, that's where they everybody got a little tight, and it was kind of apparent. It was like, oh no, yeah. what are we gonna do? Well, they clamped up on us, and we just really didn't have any sort of plan. It seemed like, um, but. Uh, one big positive is Frank, filthy Frank. That guy is looking awesome. good. I'm mad we lost a, a a good Frank game. Yeah, um, I think he might be one of, if not our best defensive guards, and he's able to handle the ball a little bit, and he's shooting well. Um, so that's a big positive. Hopefully, Reggie and uh, Sterling can act like they're like a part of the team. It just kind of feels like they're not quite with us yet. So somebody in here the other night showed us Reggie shooting stats by by month over his career. And October, November, and even part of December, he's not great. And then something about the new year turns over and he becomes like a 40% plus guy. So hopefully we look forward to yeah, I hope so. Um, and I, I honestly haven't seen uh, Moses play a whole lot, but can he possibly be any worse than Willie Cauley-Stein? It's a, so I think what 
It's hard to it's hard to say because I think you're simply trading laziness or at least lethargy uh, and Willie Cauley Stein to exuberance in Brown, where you're seeing different kinds of mistakes. Now, I don't know about you, but I am down with different kind of mistakes at this point. Oh yeah, um, yeah, Willie. I don't know. I feel like he had like a good like first year or two of his career, and then just like realized he could he was athletic and doesn't have to really try. He can just make some money. I don't know. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm proud of most of the guys on the team. Um, I just you know, at the end of the season, I want to remember this game, and you know, I want to count how many games Jason Kidd blew us or blew for us, and uh, I think this could be one of them. So I really hadn't thought about the, the kid and putting in Porzingis thing. I, I, I didn't cry. I was taking notes. So I shouldn't, I should have caught that, but I, that's, that's an interesting point. Thanks for bringing it up. Yep. All Thanks, right, man. Kid. Hope you come back. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, we've got two more folks. Yash, how you doing tonight? Hey Kirk. What's going on? Yeah, um, about the Porzingis, I think that he just needed to give him a little bit of rest because he came in with a minute left in the third, and he started the fourth. So I think Kid just didn't think he could, he could play like 13 minutes straight. Which is probably so right. I, I see where. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I understand where he came from, and with Maxi being out and not having a, another reliable big, like I think he had to have Dwight in for a little bit and then bring in Porzingis for that uh, Porzingis lineup. So. Can't really blame Kip for that. We can blame him for the zone, playing the zone, which was unnecessary. But uh, I don't know. I think I think he made some good calls too, playing Burke um, and got some really good nice Burke game. Burke. It pains me to say, cause don't really yeah. care for him. But yeah, I don't care for me either. But it sucks when he has his one good game of the year, probably, and then right him and the Frank, Frank game. They shot a combined five for five from three, and then they five lose for three. Yeah, so. I'm I'm not that frustrated by this loss. Like I came into expecting an L, and I mean the reason I think the game was so close is because both basically both of us didn't have our starting point guard because Chris Paul played like trash the whole game until the fourth quarter. So, and then that's obviously why they won, I think. But um, I don't know. The main thing I I take out of it is I I wonder if Kid is going to look at how the players are actually playing and make rotation adjustments when we're healthy. I hope Frank gets all of Sterling Brown's minutes, even when Maxie's back and Luca's back. What, what's your take on that? Do you think he will do that? Do you think he should do that? That's an interesting one because Sterling Brown, you know, has me, and granted, this is a little rich coming from me, a guy who sometimes has weight control issues myself, but like Luca's kind of taken a lot of the heat for looking like a uh, guy who, who invested in a Krispy Kreme uh, this off season, but uh, Sterling has had, that dude does not look like an NBA player. Sometimes this build and it's strange because he, he seems he's had an okay career, not great, but okay. And he's just shown me a bunch of nothing. So I don't really know where, like, it's hard because you can't trim the rotation too much. Like, do you remember when Carl, like, the Mavs were 9 and 14 last year, mm-hmm. and people got healthy, and Carl basically committed to like a seven and a half man rotation the rest of the year. And I think it was no small part why Porzingis, who was one of those seven and a half guys, eventually, who was already hurt, kind of got ground to dust. And so I think that, that it's in kids' best interest in the Mavericks at large that these guys keep getting different spurts to play. But yeah. so far, none of them have shown anything outside of Frank, at least yeah, to me. Exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I meant more looking forward for the playoffs because I think this regular season, it's going to be just like the past couple of years. We'll probably end up with the six or seven seed, maybe five. We're really lucky. But – I'm trying to see what our seven – because in the playoffs, it's going to be an eight-man rotation, right? Sure, so, sure. Okay, so, I see what you're saying. So, so that's what I'm – I'm, you know, our eight-man rotation, if Kid really evaluates his players well, it's not that bad when Maxi and Luca get back. And, and, you know, having our starting lineup, then Brunson, Frank, and Maxi, that's that's pretty solid. Like, I could live with that. Well, but um, I, I really think they make a move, too. Like, there's just 
they've they've gotten through like the 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 first ten games. There was a little bit of like a a malaise that I think they've kind of finally worked through with the win, one of the wins over the Spurs. And now they they've at least they, before Luca got hurt, they seem to be playing with a little more joy. But I still think that the, the season's too long to stick with just these same group of guys because it's I don't know. There's just like an element. I, I feel better about the team than I did last year, but I still there's at least one more element that's missing. And and tonight, you know, it, they didn't really miss it too much tonight, but I think they may Friday and they definitely may against the Clippers, where it's like, you know. We've talked about an additional ball handler, and Brunson's kind of shown that he can be the secondary guy, which is great. Yeah. But yeah. what you want more guys. Like, you just want more guys who can do stuff. So I still hope they figure out something where they can go find a different guy that that is more than just a scorer. So we'll, we'll see, though. Yeah. And uh, last point I would say is uh, I think it's good to see uh, Dorian Finney-Smith getting back on track. His shooting, I don't think anyone mentioned, but he's been he shooting has. better the past week. And, yeah, that's that's another reason we hung in the game, and uh, hopefully he can keep it up. So, yeah, I think just it's just sad to see the new new additions not playing well. Minus yeah. Friend, so. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. All thank right. You. Coming back, we got one more – we got Ike. Ike, you're you're gonna, you're gonna send us out tonight. It's an unmute button. Hey, what's up, Kirk? Um, I I think I'm gonna keep saying this until you probably are not gonna allow me to speak anymore. But you know, they say <laughs> insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And like I said sure. before, that's are fucking insane because they've been rolling out. <laughs> the same lineup and expecting different results. So, you know, I think the one thing is that I feel like the Mavs are a solid team, but they are a chameleon because you can't really get a feel for what type of team they are. Right. But the main thing for me, that's a little frustrating because I felt like this was a game of it that we could have obviously stolen, but because Phoenix is so good and the table was set for us to steal this game, but because Phoenix is so good, I mean, they got to the finals for a reason. I knew it boiled down to the fourth quarter, and and it, you know that's exactly kind of um, where how it boiled down to. We we didn't have like maybe you know the the ball movement that we had earlier, but one of the things that I called out, uh, and I'm actually surprised that the you know, aside from Brunson, the lack of the quote unquote secondary ball handler hasn't been as glaring as the fact that we have like little to no physicality inside. Uh, we have big men that are, and I've mentioned this before, that all kind of play the same, that don't play their size, that are small. And it's even more glaring now this year. And again, the fact that they didn't truly address it and decided to bring back Willie Collie Stein for some odd reason, instead of getting some type of physical four that could play the five when we go small or somebody on a one-year contract, is it's kind of mind-blowing to me. And um, I'm praying I, that would be a great Christmas gift. I'm praying that we actually make a move because, you know, my fellow Mavs fans, I mean, if you're getting hopes up for, you know, us getting to the second round, I think you better temper those expectations. This is the same team that we've been seeing the last two years. And again, we're going to get the same results unless they make the move. I mean, I I understand. I, I, I definitely, I definitely get it. I mean, there was like Nico Harrison went on the Jim Rome show today. I, uh, I encourage everybody to go give it a listen. If you haven't, Um, I'm still a little confused about what his actual role is because I know he's like listed as GM, but, like Cuban is still very involved in decision making, but he spoke in such a way that made me feel a little better compared to when he talked earlier this summer, where I felt like he was just like the new kid in school and was like really excited to be there. Um, and and I think that hope you know, still not really a kid guy. Also, but but like I am a Luca guy, so I kind of think that trumps everything. And and you know, they just need some more time to you know if we get through forty five whatever. If they don't make a trade, then I'll be shocked is, is, is kind of where I come back to. Just for the reasons that you mentioned, um, they didn't really 
you know, we have all, and me, really, I, I, I'm, I'm a chief problem with this, is I think we've all really underestimated what not having their draft picks meant. Because it, yeah. it's like, you know, Bibbs cracked me up with this, where he had, like, blacked out and forgotten that, that they still owe another pick to the Knicks. And, like, when you can't move future picks, it, it just it hamstrings you in a way. And so, they like, once they get out from under that pick, then they'll have all four, and then they'll be able to make, you know, kind of a desperation, keep Luca happy trade in several years. <laughs> and so, you know, well, we just, we just got to give them a little bit of opportunity to, to shake something out. And, and you know, I, I, whether or not we'll be happy with it, I can't predict that, but I, I definitely think they'll do something. Yeah, and and I hear you. I, I know that. Um, again, you know, we're we're nine and five, so I mean, we're not even a quarter through the season yet. So, um, there's still somewhat of a feeling out process. But again, you know, the good teams are able to, you know, I think find a way to steal some games. They beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, and then they're, you know, even not on their best night, or maybe when one of their players go down, some, you know, they're able to in some instances, find a way to steal some games. And I think the table was set, but I'm not like totally overblown, pissed off about it. It's just that when you have guys that you brought in, like Frank Nilakina, that, you know, it's really played above and beyond any expectations. And we really had a good game from him and he only get, he only plays 18 minutes. I, I just, you know, I don't know. I I feel like in, in a game like this where we're missing Luca, I mean, this is a perfect game to see what he can do in extended minutes. Like what, let's see what he can give us for 25 minutes. And he was really playing well. I know that he was a minus minus one, but you know, to go three for three from the three point line um, and play the way he does uh, on both ends of the, the ball. Uh, I think, that, you know, it's, it's definitely encouraging, but I can still play the winning game. But again, it's, it's just frustrating because this is, Kind of same old, same old, ultimately, but, you know, hopefully they can figure something out. Well, thank you for uh, joining us again, Ike, as always. Hope you come back. Uh, we'll be back here on Friday. Um, oh, sorry. Cut you off. My bad. Um, all right. I'm going to go to bed one in the morning. Uh, check out your podcast feed for Josh and I, if you didn't hear that one. Um, I'm also going to be speaking at some point on Friday with Sabrina Merchant, who covers the Clippers. She's great. We talked last year, really, really knows the team she covers. And I'm going to be very interested to see how the Clippers stuff goes down. Another Friday night game. Uh, so I think it's the same time, nine, nine o'clock local Sunday. They play two 30. Um, I'm getting my COVID booster. So I don't know if I'm gonna be able to see all that game, but we'll see. Keep coming to Mass Money Bowl. Uh, sorry, I sound tired, but it is late. I'll uh, I'll pep up during the year. Um, everybody have a better Thursday, Friday, and we will talk soon.